0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Welcome into the News for Jags podcast. It's officially game week for the Jaguars. I'm Jamal Saints here alongside Justin Barney. Justin, Man, the season has been a long it is, road. <laughs> it is here.
1: It is finally here. Game week. I cannot wait to have games that count. I actually see starters more than just 10, 12 snaps a game. And... Uh, it's nice not to see a Jake luton powered offense or a uh, Kyle Sloater or some of those guys. Um, of nice things. to see Trevor Lawrence and company making their way back for games that count. We'll see them for four quarters.
0: You know, he, uh, apparently EJ Perry, captain in the scout team offense, has had a rough week for the
1: Jaguars. In like
0: two days, the Jaguars defense has come up with like nine interceptions according to their count off of him during practice. So, uh, yeah, he, he's even still struggling right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but luckily on Sunday, if everything goes right, we will have to see Trevor Lawrence and not that. So uh, I guess let's start with, uh, with with heading into week one against the Commanders. Uh, Carson Wentz, mm-hmm. same quarterback that the Jaguars wrapped up last season against. Doug Peterson knows him very well. Press Taylor knows him very well. The Jaguars defense got real acquainted with him in the last game of last season. Yeah. Um,
1: the thing, the thing with Carson Wentz, and he has never had a season like he had in year two with Doug Peterson, yeah. ever again. He's been an NFL pariah since that year. Um, so it will be interesting to see what Doug Peterson does with Trevor in Trevor's year two. Now, granted, you know Doug said this week that a little bit different. There, people were comparing Carson's second year to Trevor's second year noting that's where Carson took that major leap was in his second year. Doug said, oh, yeah, I, there are similarities, but hold on. It, it, Carson was with us going into a second year. I mean, Carson had a year in our system. Um, It wasn't, you know, we just got him and he exploded. Uh, He had a year in Doug Peterson's system. So I think Doug was a little bit quick to temper those Wentz expectations with Trevor expectations, uh, seeing how big of a I mean, Carson Wentz took him basically to the Super Bowl that year, had an MVP-type season. Um, Nick Foles obviously won the Super Bowl and had a great playoff. Carson Wentz hurt late in that year. Um, but that season was fantastic. So that gives Jaguars fans a little bit of hope, I think, of what a Doug Peterson coaching staff can do to a uh, to a quarterback, even a young quarterback. Um, I, I really like to think Trevor Lawrence has a better ceiling than a Carson Wentz did. Um, Carson has just not been that guy ever since year two in Philly right
0: you know and um, you know Doug Peterson's offense has the historically been rather quarterback friendly uh, the one thing that while Doug has tempered expectations he's also said how confident he is in his young quarterback and Trevor Lawrence and like what he's seen from him so far even went as far as this week when he was talking to his old teammate Brett Favre saying that you know some of the things about Trevor's leadership style remind him of Brett when he was a player and you know I asked Doug about this I asked Trevor about this this week I asked both of them and you know Doug was like you know I don't don't toss around compliments like that lightly you know he Brett's a hall of fame guy but it does remind him of him and Trevor said you know he appreciates that he understands he's got a long way to go before he can get that gold jacket but when you hear those things like a guy who's seen a hall of famer in person and even though it's a little thing mm-hmm. a little comparison there uh, it kind of goes a long way to kind of even get you to say oh wow okay if you can at least see shades right. of a guy that got that has a gold jacket in trevor maybe he can be yeah. pretty good <laughs> and i think doug tried
1: to try to clarify or walk back a little bit of that i think people saw you know trevor lawrence brett Favre, you know you're you're doing that i think he tried to walk it back a little bit of A little bit during media this week, uh, and say there are shades of what he sees in terms of a leadership role with uh, with Trevor and Brett. So, uh, I I, you you gotta love it, though. I mean, hopefully he's a little bit more uh, careful with the ball than Brett Favre uh, was. And uh, Brett was a gunslinger. He was a gunslinger. (laughs) Um, I don't see Trevor as being that type of player, um, but I really think this year is that year for Trevor. You know, we talked, I think, last podcast about. What would be our hope for Trevor Lawrence this year? Where where does he fit into that top fifteen quarterbacks? And um, was you know you mentioned I think uh, Minnesota Viking Kirk Cousins and then Kyler Murray and the perception between those two and they're not separated too far by the rankings all, no. by the rankings. Right. So if you could be between Kyler Murray and Kirk Cousins, if you're Trevor Lawrence this year to me, that's a major success this year. So I I would like to see that kind of leap. And again, we're not talking a leap from, you know, the the back of the pack to Patrick Mahomes territory. I think we're talking about a leap from maybe that 29, 30, 31, 32 quarterback into that maybe 12 to 15 kind of quarterback. I really think that is uh, possible. And I do think we get Trevor Lawrence making that leap um, in year two,
0: you know, one thing that I've kind of settled in for me this week—we spent a whole lot of time on this podcast talking about how they don't have the guy, right? The receiver. But when you look at this group of playmakers, the the additions that they've met, made, they may not have like top level guys, but it's a huge step up from what they had last year. I mean, you think about going into the season, they had Chris Manhurst at tight end. Now you've got Evan Ingram and Chris Manhurst. Plus, you had Dan Arnold last season, who's still on the rise. At wide receiver last year, you had DJ Chark and Marvin Jones. You still got Marvin Jones, but now you added Christian Kirk, who, if I'm putting them what for what, Kirk's a lot more accomplished receiver than Chark was. Right. So you take Christian Kirk as an upgrade. And then you say, all right, well, and we add Zay Jones to that mix. All right. You've seen what Jamal Agnew can do with with some stuff on offense. You like that. You get J. Rob back. If he is the J. Rob that he was pre-injury, you, you still stay stagnant. You stay even kill mm-hmm. there until you say but then when you add in Travis Etienne who was gone last That's the year, wild card I mean, that's That's the wild card but every every spot of, at those playmaker positions along that offense they may not be elite level proven guys but they're better than they were a year they're ago They're better they are
1: that's that's no dispute there I think where we get to and uh, as far back as this podcast has existed we've said Jacksonville doesn't have the guy at receiver and that scares me because they had a bunch of guys last year. They had Marvin Jones, Visca, um, Laquan Treadwell. They just had a bunch of guys last year. They're one injury away from just having a bunch of guys. A bunch That's of true. guys this year, you know, unless a Zay Jones can kind of become that X factor on offense. I think Christian Kirk's going to be hellaciously good. Um, he's again, he's not that that number one guy, but I don't know he's... if you necessarily need him to be that that alpha guy uh, on the field. I think he's going to be a great run, right, run route, route runner. And I think he's going to be that 1,000-yard receiver. I do think he's going to be that. I don't think he's going to be a 1,500-yard guy with 15 touchdowns, but I do think he's sneaky good. We've seen him in preseason at camp, mm-hmm. and he has looked just exceptional uh, with Trevor Lawrence out there. I, I do think that next year in the draft, if you're picking where, you know, probably a – I'm not as bullish on Jacksonville as, as you are. I think you're probably picking in the top 12 to 15 again. Um, and I do think that receiver has got to be a position that you go after. Oh, because, no again, best case scenario, Marvin Jones is into year three with the Jags. He's not getting any younger. Um, you know, if you have Christian Kirk, Zay Jones for next year, okay, that's nice. If you include a, a first round rookie in there, I think that position really, they just don't have the depth there. They just don't have the depth.
0: You know, we. we... A lot of people are on that wide receiver for the first round train. Let's not sleep on the fact that Evan Ingram's on a one-year contract and Doug Peterson loves him some tight ends. And there are supposed to be some athletic tight ends Mm -hmm. in next year's draft. So it could be a pass catcher, but let's see what happens with these tight ends and the receivers in the draft because it wouldn't surprise me if even if Evan Ingram has a good year and he goes somewhere else for a big contract, if Doug Peterson's like, give me this new shiny toy. I would love love to
1: see Evan Ingram thrive here. I think that. It's a type of tight end that Jacksonville needs, the pass-catching tight end. you got a blocking tight end, Chris Manhurts. He's a trivia answer. You know, Trevor Lawrence's first career touchdown pass, uh, was to a, a guy that nobody saw. Whoever had that in Vegas is, is retired he rolled now. In. <laughs> um, but again, you have the blocking tight end. You've got Luke Farrell, kind of a project tight end still. Dan Arnold, you know, for what he's worth, again, a receiving tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would love to see Evan Ingram become that, that breakout tight end that Jacksonville has just never had, has never had. A Mercedes Lewis, okay, but Jacksonville's just never had a tight end. Will we have one under Doug Peterson? Hopefully. You know, Doug Peterson loves a tight ends. Sure so does. hopefully Evan Ingram becomes that, that bona fide tight end number one for Jacksonville.
0: Yeah, that, and that's the thing, when you look around this team, everybody's got something to prove. You know, you have very few guys that just unquestioned are, okay, well, you know what they are, like Brandon Scherer. You know what you're going to get from him. If he's healthy and on the field, he is one of the the elite level guards in the NFL. Shaquille Griffin going to be a good cornerback if he's healthy and a a leader and a personality in the locker room. How many other guys on that team can you really say that about? Devon Hamilton, if he's healthy, he's a a good probably, he's a pretty good run stopper. Mm -hmm. Holy Fatocasi has been for a few years a a pretty good level, uh, an elite level run stopper actually but how many of those other guys can you really say that about across both sides of the ball? You know what they're going to be and what you're going to get from them. Yeah, him. and I
1: think I think you alluded to it. I mean, I think the only thing with Sheriff is health. Yes. I think you look at the top available offensive guard in free agency, that was a weak spot for Jacksonville. They went out and got him. Yes. And I think that was a, a, a boss move from Trent Baalke and Doug Peterson to go out and, and add a player like that. Again, the only knock on Sheriff is his health—if he can stay healthy—exactly, you know what you're going to get. Hopefully, he's not an Andrew Norwell, Norwell type of guy. You know, Andrew was a huge free a- agent acquisition, top work. of the line. They'll uh, no, been... actually play him on
0: Sunday. <laughs> that's, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That
1: is true. Return to Norwell. <laughs> um, but I think with Sheriff, uh, I think with Sheriff, you mentioned it, and you know what you're going to get. And Jacksonville doesn't have a lot of those guys where you know what you're going to get on this team. No, I
0: mean, you start looking at, it, you say, okay, well, Josh Allen. People tend to think that Josh Allen is a pretty good player and an extremely talented Mm -hmm. guy has all the potential in the world to be a double digit sack person.
1: Not there yet.
0: He just hasn't done it. Not there yet. He did it one time Mm -hmm. and then it's been injuries, it's been, you know, inconsistencies, things have slowed him down. So you're waiting for him to get back there. So You can't say confidently, you know, you're going to get that from Tyson Campbell. I mean, this isn't his fault because he's going into his second year, but it's tough to say you know what you're going to get from a second-year player.
1: Andre arrows Sisco, pointing up, yeah. Arrows pointing up, and you project and right. you like what you've seen, but again, not like a Brandon Sheriff where you know that right. what you're going to get.
0: I mean, there's just very few. I mean, like Roy Robertson-Harris, you have a pretty good idea of what kind of player he is at this point. He's going to get you a few sacks over the course of the year, solid run defender, good push up front. Dewan Smoot. At this point, I feel like you have yeah, a you know, pretty good idea what you're going right? to get from right? him. But I mean, even some of the veteran guys around this president say, Joe, to be realistic, no idea what you're going to mm-hmm. get from this dude because he's never had this opportunity to be a, a huge contributor put in front of him. I mean, and he's self-said that. He's always had to battle for any reps he's gotten. He comes here and they're like, all right, look, we're going to make you one of our guys. Mm-hmm. Um, another guy, Arden Key. He's a guy who's kind of floated around, tried to find his role in the NFL, and then kind of burst on the scene a little bit with San Francisco. He comes here and we're like, man, this guy's good. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, but can you really believe that he's going to be that same guy that he was in San Francisco or even better than that? No. Who knows? I mean, you it's, like what you've
1: tough. seen, but again, it, I think the it, it's the unknowns with this team. Right. And you don't have a lot of, um, again, Shaquille Griffin. You don't know. Um, Darius Williams you don't know on him again that it, it's there you, you've seen what these guys have done in the past but you just don't know yet again Brandon Sheriff top guy in free agency they went out and added him but Trevor Lawrence you don't know Travis Etienne you don't know James Robinson you don't know you you you've got all this potential potential and you just don't know you have no you idea you don't know
0: and that's the hard part is because it's like we asked Doug Peterson what his vision for the team was and, you know, we, he kind of said he has this vision. He didn't really want to get into detail about what he envisions the team to really be because he didn't want to give that away to his opponents. But when you look at the roster, any vision that he has is a projection mm-hmm. because you just don't know. I mean, even James Robinson, who I would say is the, the, the playmaker that you know what you're going to get on, from on offense. He, he, Marvin Jones is a mm-hmm. good commodity too. But James Robinson, you say, okay. At this point, we know who J. Rob is as a running back. He's coming off of a a major injury, and I mean, you're talking less than nine months from that major injury. So you still don't know. He can say he can say he feels great all he wants, but is he back Mm -hmm. to the player he was? We hope so. We hope so. Yeah. But you know, there's there's so many questions and while that is a negative, it's also a positive because the commanders don't know either. Right. So, so they don't know what's coming their way. Um, you just need all these players that have these chips on their shoulders and are out to prove something in the NFL to show up, put that work in and play up to the level that they aspire to be. I mean, you got a guy like Foye Oluwakin, who people called him the top linebacker on the market. He's here now. and. You know, talking to him about his goals for the season. He said he wants to be, be on be on a winning team, and he wants people to recognize him as one of the top linebackers in the league. And you know, that's something that he's aspiring to, which means he's not there yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- there's nothing wrong with not being there yet, but
1: we still just don't know. Do not know. And I think that's I think that's a great almost. If you're going to have a, a mantra for the team.
0: We you don't know.
1: The coin flip team. You really don't know what you're going to get with these guys. It's it's tantalizing with what we've seen the preseason and uh, really more so in, in training camp than I think any game. Uh, defense played well in those games. But it's, it's promising. I think there's yeah, – we hear it all the time in college, high school, NFL. It's just that offseason excitement. The um, Just everybody's happy in that offseason, and then the games start coming and things – start coming Yeah, you know, the reality begins to kind of sneak up in here um, so I'm really excited to see if what we saw in training camp and uh, how they looked against one another in practices really can kind of translate to that uh, to that field but really it's it's a team of unknowns I mean as right. as good as Trevor Lawrence was coming out the and the excitement that was around him the generational type of, of prospect talk that um, people are mentioning him the, the best prospect since Andrew Luck. He's still an unknown. Yeah. He's still an unknown despite all of that. Travis Etienne's is still an unknown. So, um, James Robinson you mentioned, you know what you're going to get with James J. Rob when he's healthy and on the field. He's that between-the-tackles runner, that 1,000-yard back that you really, really need. We saw in preseason how tough it was without that team. I mean, Snoop Conner's not him yet. No. Um, he's he's a, a nice shell of James Robinson um, if James is not in that game we just don't know and i think sunday will help answer a little bit of questions uh christian kirk even said during camp that you know you guys we haven't even begun to scratch the surface of our playbook so we haven't seen jackson just kind of an enigma right now you do not know what to make of this team you know i think we have an idea of what we'd like them to be but until this washington game comes and we see what's what's actually going to happen and a press taylor calling the plays and a Mike Caldwell defense, and it's Mike's first time calling plays in a game. So it's just so many unknowns, and just flip a coin on this team right now is the identity for me. I mean that's
0: true, and with so many unknowns, here's one thing I'll go out on the limb and say that I'm relatively confident in: the defense will be the calling card of this team early on in mm-hmm. the season. Uh, last year. I, you know, I thought Joe Cullen did a, a phenomenal job with the defense. I thought the defense wasn't the reason mm-hmm. that they lost many of the right. games. The offense was just lagging behind. Mike Caldwell has added, they've added more talent for Mike. Mike is going to be a first time defensive coordinator, his scheme looks innovative, he's got pass rushers, he's got guys, he's going to send blitzes from all over the field and not be shy about doing it in creative ways. I expect that this defense is going to be what can keep them in games until you hope that the offense gels and comes And together.
1: I think we saw uh, flashes of that in the preseason. If right. you looked at the the preseason, the games where the defensive starters played, be it three, snap, three series or half or whatever, the defense looked a lot further ahead at that point in the process than the mm-hmm. offense did. And I think that's growing pains. I think it's Trevor getting comfortable with, uh, with Press Taylor and Doug. Um, James Robbins still not out there. Travis Etienne is still getting back. So I do think that is uh, goes along with it. But I really like Mike Caldwell's defense. Um, the potential is there. We haven't seen Devin Lloyd play with uh, the starters yet. So I, yeah, Darius Williams hasn't been out there with the starters. So I think that is that defensive side of the ball. I'm really looking forward to see if they can build off that preseason because I do think the defense was so much further ahead, we didn't even see a full defense.
0: And we haven't seen the full thing, and there, there's one thing I did want to dive into before we kind of keep going into, where, into this direction. You mentioned Devin Lloyd, and we've talked in depth on here about the Chad Mumma pick and the mm-hmm. Devin Lloyd pick, and the Mumma pick being a little bit of a luxury. But that Mumma pick is starting to look like they may have at least a little bit of a structure to it, uh, possibly. So one of the things that Lloyd did while he was up there in Atlanta during practice, didn't I didn't see him do it in the game, but during practice, he lined up on the edge as a pass rusher. So with Chad Muma on the field, so there's there's a situation where they're prepared to put Lloyd Muma and Foyer all on the field for some sort of package, mm-hmm. um, because Devin Lloyd did some of that pass rush edge linebacker stuff in college, and it's something that he. Calls a skill in a part of his game. You're looking at so, a four
1: or five linebackers on the field. Right. <laughs> well, done.
0: I mean, we talk, they only have Devon Hamilton right. as the big guy. So yep. they're planning to deploy some sort of front seven yep. that is not involving large people. Right. I mean, so if you're going to do that, if you're going to go thin on nose tackle, and you're going to go light on the defensive line, you have to use those linebackers. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen Josh Allen play defensive end. We've seen Trayvon Walker play defensive end in college. Those are guys that can put their hand in the dirt and and take those blocks on. So if he wants to do this flexible, free-flowing defense, and that's things that we've seen shades of in Tampa, where they've gone light in those pass rush situations. But Devin Lloyd, a guy who kind of prides himself on being such a versatile piece and being able to do bits of everything, he's going to give them a little bit of flexibility to use a Chad Mm -hmm. and, and. and not lose a ton of size, but keep all their athletes on the field at the same time. So that's something that I'm interested in seeing exactly how it comes together once the, the season starts. Just something when, that kind
1: of popped in my head when you mentioned Devin Lloyd. I still think that, that Mooma pick. It's a, it was a luxury, I, I, not, there, there were not, needs that I'm they I'm still needed. not a fan of that. And um, unless they have some exotic packages they, they plan on playing Chad in a good bit of games, I still think that was a luxury pick. And, it unless definitely was. They're, unless they're looking Two years down the line, and uh, they envision Chad and Devin and Noe Foyer in that mix. Um, you know and that tends to, to happen, where you kind of purge the high-priced free agents once rookies develop or, or whatnot. Um, so I can see that happening, but I think I just think that 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 linebacker. I mean, they love linebackers, obviously. Yes. They're linebacker. Hey, the defensive uh,
0: coordinator's a linebacker. So yeah. He's a linebacker coach by trade. Um, okay, so uh, I, we kind of agree that the defense will be farther along here's the big question for this team because last year the defense was fine the defense would get stopped, but then you would turn around and the offense would go three and out mm-hmm. so now the question becomes is the offense going to be good enough to sustain those drives that's where the uh, the ultimate question is can the offense at least even if they're not scoring touchdowns Sustain drives long enough to at least let the defense rest.
1: Yeah, and, I, and you know ESPN had a good stat. Jacksonville receivers had 39 drops last year. 39 drops.
0: Man, we've been to for a long time. I mean,
1: cut those by. I mean, cut. That's unbelievable. 39 yes. drops. And they didn't break it down on how many on third down, but a lot of them had to be on third down. So you've got to think. I mean, sustaining those drives, you cut those drops to 15. And look how much that changes things. So if you cut down those drops. I think you keep those drives going. I think if you have Travis Etienne back there, James Robinson running the ball hard, um, I just think it's so. It's such a different-looking offense uh, in year two with Trevor taking a step, with healthy receivers, with healthy running backs. Um, so I do think that that's, that will be an area that they grow in this year. I mean, receivers last year were terrible. Yeah, terrible receivers were. last year. I mean, Laquan Treadwell was, was one of your aces. He's not even on the team anymore. is not on the team anymore. Um, Marvin Jones, the struggles, he was their top receiver and just had an okay year. So, just not – if the receivers improve, I think that really helps this offense significantly. Right.
0: Right. And, but that, that's the big thing is can they sustain those drives because that was the problem a year ago. The defense would get stops early mm-hmm. in the game, and then they'd be worn out and gassed, and all of a sudden the team has a short field, or the offense would turn it over, and the defense is in a bad position. Um, I mean, you saw them pitch games against Buffalo. I mean, mm-hmm. it, that was a defensive one game. That yeah. was, you know, you can call it a team win all you want. The defense got the yeah. job done. It was not, it was not <laughs> an
1: offense. They won in spite of the offense. Yeah, they
0: won in spite of the offense and the goal is or the question is can they not have to do as much this year i don't expect that they will this offense should at least be competent while last year's at times wasn't mm-hmm. um, one of the big problems early on in the season last year that we talked in depth about was the lack of carry for james robinson i don't expect there to be that sort of problem this year yeah. um, it may not, it may be lack of carries for james robinson individual but i don't think it'll be a lack of touches for the running back as a
1: position the, just last year i think the I don't think the coaching staff had a grasp of what they wanted to do. And they wanted to
0: give the ball to Carlos Hyde on fourth and one.
1: Yeah, that makes no sense. <laughs> and you don't have you don't have James Robinson in the game, the Bengals game, right? And they did it multiple times. How, they did it against how? the
0: Cardinals. They did it against the Bengals, and you know, and the, the excuse we kept getting was, well, we were just rotating the guys. It wasn't that we wanted to make
1: sure Carlos was in there.
0: Well, it sure does seem consistent that on these one-yard plays, you take J. Rob off the field, and Carlos Hyde is con- yeah, convenient. Such a, the game. He's uh, such
1: a poorly run uh, franchise last year with Irvin Meyer and the staff and uh, just feel for the players last year, especially James Robinson. The guy was a monster, a machine, your best offensive player and you tried your best to alienate the guy. Yes. Unbelievable. And then he ends up getting hurt. So uh, hopefully James Robinson, You know, as much as we want to see Trevor thrive and succeed, Jacksonville was so much more effective and just better. with. James Robinson running the ball between the tackles and letting Trevor kind of develop last year. And uh, I think Jacksonville was so disjointed. Did they want Trevor to lead? Did they want James Robinson to lead? They want Carlos Hyde to lead. So I think you're gonna eliminate a lot of those issues that plagued this team last year just by coaching.
0: Yeah, and now you've got more pieces than just James. So even if James isn't on the field for a crucial play, you're like, okay, I can understand why they would want Travis Etienne in the game for certain mm-hmm. op- opportunities. It makes more sense. So right. if you do have to spell J-Rob, you're like, all right, well, you bring in this electric young player. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Even, even Snoop Connor, I could kinda get in certain situations because of his running style. Sure, not saying
1: that I'd do it, but I could understand it. And he was a touchdown vulture. at In the college, what he did, yeah, he was a he he was that James Robinson type of player, Mm -hmm. and we saw him in the preseason. He can't run east to west. He is not a he is not east east to west guy. (laughs) He is not he is that James Robinson. He's a poor man James Robinson. So I'm fine with him getting those three four touches a game as long as he's running straight ahead.
0: All right, uh, to the Commanders a little bit. Uh, Obviously, we touched on Carson Wentz, their big weapon on offense, Terry McLaurin. Tyson Campbell said that, you know, he is kind of looking at this guy. He's extremely talented. Mike Caldwell called him a five star, uh, said he wasn't planning on having one of the corners shadowing. That is the big option in the passing game that they were going to have to find a way to slow down. Uh, I like Tyson Campbell and Shaq's, I even like Darius Williams' matchups against him in the opportunities, but Terry's really good, so he's going to get his. Mm-hmm. Uh, the question is, can they contain him? Uh, as long as the pass rush is getting home, I like the chances on that front. Uh, Arden Key and Shaq Griffin and all the defensive guys have talked in depth about their step one on Sunday and stopping the run game. Arden Key even said he wants to keep them below 60 rushing yards. If they do that, he thinks they have a pretty good shot at being able to get after the quarterback and the defensive job. I like the number 60. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a pretty that's good. good number. Yeah, nice one. Um, so they seem to be focused on wanting to keep Antonio Gibson bottled up. Big running back, been there, did that. So. We'll have to see how that, that kind of matches up. I like the Jaguars defense's chances of slowing down this commander's offense. Uh, I'm sure they will – they may not be saying it, but I'm sure they're going to throw a little extra attention toward Terry's way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's going to be the job of the pass rush to get pass for to get home and get it done.
1: Got to, and I think uh, making Carson Wentz, we saw it last year with the Indianapolis Colts finale winning in i mean how Mm -hmm. simple is that you beat the worst team in the league and you're in the playoffs and jacksonville just rattled carson Wentz, basically a game that sent carson Wentz out of indianapolis so they were so disappointed with that performance uh that he's now in washington so um interesting to see they do have that history of carson Wentz, so we'll see if they can get in his head early i do like if jacksonville's pass rush can kind of set the tone Um, again defense further ahead for me at this point in the season uh, than that offense is. So I think if you can kind of corral Carson Wentz, keep Terry in check, I don't have a lot of faith in that uh, Commanders running game. So I think it's going to be on Carson and Terry to deliver. And I think Jacksonville, I like the, I like their chances. And we'll get to the predictions in a minute. But I like their chances on today.
0: All right. Then on the other side of the ball, the Jaguars offense going against the Commanders defense that will be without their best player, no Chase Young, which is a huge advantage right? for the Jaguars. Even though the Commanders defensive line. And front seven, is still very talented. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're gonna go see some guys he's pretty familiar with and that offensive line's gonna have their hands full slowing down a, a, a pain, a Jonathan mm-hmm. Allen, Montez Sweat, all guys that could cause problems for the Jaguars. Yes. Um, and that's really the strength of that commander's unit. Um, you know, Chase Young will be back in a couple of weeks for the commanders, but the Jaguars kind of luck out that he's still dealing with that injury for week one.
1: It's interesting to see this as Jacksonville's Offensive line debut, yeah, you know, with uh, Luke Fortner in there and Brandon Ooh. Sheriff and Jawan Taylor. He won that right tackle position. Uh, Cam Robinson being the being the, the guy at left tackle now. So this is a big game for this offensive line. It was really up and down to me last year. And again, you add Brandon Sheriff, draft a rookie, and Luke Fortner is going to be the first rookie to start at center, I believe, for the Jags. So it will be an interesting go of it against that commander's defensive line.
0: You know, Luke Fortner was on that Kentucky offensive line, and they called him the Blue Wall, right? How about the Teal Wall if they, the shut teal down? they, wall, they okay. call him The Teal Wall, okay. Um, or the Teal Turnstiles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah as like long it. as there's no Whirly Birds on Sunday, we'll be fine. All right, uh, let's get to the predictions portion of this. All right, Game One, Justin. Do you think the Jaguars get the
1: W? Okay. Last year, Game One, I picked Jacksonville to go out and absolutely lay waste to the Texans. Uh, that was. That was a terrible prediction, um, but this year I am believing the hype. I do think Jacksonville goes out and gets a win. Um, I think things go right. I think injuries don't happen, and I do think they get a win week one. They're playing Carson Wentz, so that's why I'm picking this. So <laughs> I, I do like Jacksonville's chances against the Carson Wentz-led team. I think, I think they win 23 to 17.
0: 23 to 17. I like it. All right, uh, yeah, I'm right there with you. I think the Jaguars walk away with the W in Week One, start the year 1-0. Confidence is feeling themselves. I'll even go a little bit higher. I got the same score in mind for the Commanders, but I'm going to go 30-17. Oh,
1: okay, man, big, um, big yeah, offensive yeah. game. You know, hey, I got. It shouldn't be
0: considered a big, <laughs> big offensive game, but yes, it will be considered a big offensive game. And then all of a sudden, hope will be through the roof after after this Week One victory, if I if we are correct here. So 1-0, and then they'll be uh, heading back to Jacksonville is what me and Justin are predicting here. We'll have to see if that can come to fruition, but that'll do it for another News for Jack's podcast. I'm Jamal St. Cyr. This is Justin Barney, and we'll see you next time.